When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. Irioki, and I'm here again with Jeff Provine. Hello. And we are talking about the 101 Ranch tonight. At the 101. Yes. And Tammy's still with us. She's sitting in listening, so she she and I will chime in occasionally for Jeff's tale of the 101 Ranch. So, and it's quite a tale. Uh, I mean, most of what I know about it is the historical story, Mm -hmm. uh, which, if it's not already a movie, like. Call Netflix. Well, I guess Netflix isn't buying anything anymore. They're, yeah. I don't know what they're doing with themselves. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing with themselves. But somebody should take this and like because mm-hmm. it's um, it's just straight out of like the romanticized Wild West, mm-hmm. uh, which of course starts with the Civil War and Colonel George Washington Miller out of Kent, Kentucky, uh, which I was trying to see if he was actually a colonel or just like that's what people called folks who had were right. civil war veterans because mm-hmm. uh, he would have been like 18 at the time so yeah. I, I don't know that he had the connections to be an actual colonel but you never know right because mm-hmm. a lot of folks got promoted out of necessity especially early on uh, i've got captain robert provine uh, mm-hmm. captain rob and and he was like 16 at the time so oh, he wow. was probably not a captain yeah um but who knows so anyway after the civil war uh he heads west like a lot of folks did and moves down uh, Texas and Kansas, starts working all the cattle drives and things. Mm-hmm. And uh, initially is just a cowboy, works his way up, brings his family out, uh, starts a little ranch. Um, he and another guy team up and have the LK brand, mm-hmm. and that works for a while, but then he, he really wants his own thing. So he, uh, in 1881, starts up the 101 uh, in a little um, ranch that he starts up uh, in, southern, in southern Kansas. So, which the legend is that the 101 was a saloon in San Antonio that he really liked, mm-hmm. um, but there's like 50 legends of where the 101 actually. I like that from. one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like you that know, one. if you're gonna name something after something, I think it's 101 because like you don't have to worry about which way's up. Oh, that's I true. Mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that makes that's, that's smart. That's just practical. Yeah, it is. That's my sense. Uh, so maybe I like so. that. Yeah. Uh, or as a teacher, right, 101, like that's your, your starting place. Yeah. So I, I don't know that he would tie into any of that. But you can believe whatever you want, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you get to these points where it um, it doesn't matter. So anyway, he's working all the cattle ranches and mm-hmm. things. And uh, one thing we really don't talk about, the, the Cherokee Outlet or the Cherokee Strip, mm-hmm. uh, you know, three million acres out there. Uh, most of it's pretty good grazing territory. And for years, uh, after the cattle runs were done, they um, just kind of rented it out for ranching. Mm-hmm. And uh, for uh, decades, I guess, almost a whole decade, there was just all this um, legal battles over, can you rent this? Because it belongs to the Cherokee tribe. And they're not allowed to... Um, 
Like they they're specifically only able to use it for hunting, okay. but they are able to lease it to other people to do these other things. Mm-hmm. So these um, ranchers would lease it because good feeding, mm-hmm. uh, but then uh, they'd have to put up fences and ranch houses and stuff because mm-hmm. you've got to take care of the cows, but they're not supposed to put any permanent structures on it since it's a lease. Okay. And so like all the way to the Supreme Court, they're arguing about barbed wire fences, whether <laughs> wow. they're actual structures or not. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, that's what the courts are for, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. It's just pages and pages of stuff. And then finally, we have uh, 1889 land run. And so obviously all the other places are going to expect it to be land runs. Mm-hmm. And Cherokee Strip is going to be the big one. Uh, so a group of ranchers in Colorado got get together and formed the syndicate. And they offered an enormous pile of money to the Cherokee Nation to buy it. Just straight up. We're going to buy the whole thing. Don't need a land run. And mm-hmm. like um, the Cherokee Nation's pretty sure they could probably get more money for it. Mm-hmm. So they get into this big uh, back and forth on it. And then the government steps in and says, no, we're just going to take it. Oh, wow. And like, like just forcibly push the treaty and the Cherokee Nation gets a lot less money for it mm-hmm. than was initially thing, which uh, not a fan of Monopoly. So I don't know mm-hmm. that I would have been okay with that syndicate buying up everything and just keeping right. it as a, yeah. a ranching territory. But um, also good. A lot of people got out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, although not a great land run. Yeah. So yeah, we had too many people lined up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had, I mean, it's 3 million acres, so hundreds of thousands of places, plots, but we had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked a little bit about Marcus James, the Pulitzer Prize winner last time. And uh, mm-hmm. he, telling all his father's stories about making the land run and just how it was a complete nightmare. Oh, wow. So all I can't this, even imagine. Yeah, uh, I mean, because everybody, you know, you got to show up because you got to get your place mm-hmm. uh, on the line, mm-hmm. but you can't move before noon, mm-hmm. and uh, people are just antsy, right? You just constant oh countdown for like 72 hours, and towns that have, you know, 150 people in rural Kansas now have like a population of 10,000. Right. So there's no way for any... Like, the police can't do anything. Yeah. Like, like people are just getting killed left and right. What a nightmare. Oh, my gosh. Uh, And over on the eastern side, there was a disagreement of about three miles of Mm -hmm. where the line actually was. So some people did get a three-mile head start. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, wow. these other people found out that they got it. And they're like, well, they're they're starting fast, so we're going to catch up to them on our end. And Mm -hmm. they started going, and the military like, no, and they opened fire and killed a guy. Wow. Yeah, all this stuff. And then on the south side, which most people coming up from Enid came up from Hennessy, and uh, there was a five-minute warning, like, hey, everybody line up, you know, get ready, get set, get go. So, but when you're telling that many people, get ready, they just fired a cannon and stuff. And everybody right. thought that was the noon cannon. So at 11.55, like, oh 100,000 people come over the line of the military. It's just like, we're not. We're not going to. Yeah, no. Yeah. There's no, it's five minutes, we'll just let it happen. Yeah. So. And they, <laughs> just let it happen. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do? Yeah. Right. So um, out of this madness, uh, George Washington Miller uh, leases a few acres down south of Ponca City Mm -hmm. and uh, starts up the official 101 ranch. Like, this is going to be his thing. And he's got just a handful of acres, and they built a sod house out there, uh, which I don't know if you've seen a hot sod house, but Mm -hmm. uh, go up to the sod house museum up in Major County, I believe Mm -hmm. it is. Um, I've been there a half dozen times. It's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because we used to have hundreds of thousands of sod houses all over the place and uh if you've been out to northwestern oklahoma we don't have too many trees mm-hmm. 
And I mean, to this day, like after a hundred years of settlement, and Mm -hmm. we probably have less trees than we did when we peaked in the The 50s or so. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is not lumber territory. Mm-hmm. But we got lots of sod, all the right. sod you could ever want. So uh, they have to break through it anyway to, to plow fields. And so what they would do is peel off uh, the top part where all the grass roots are tangled mm-hmm. together. And you get this really solid, almost brick-like thing once you dry mm-hmm. it out called sod. And uh, so they would stack them up and build a sod house. Okay. And, uh People uh, would usually do dugout houses, but they would also like kind of add on to them just because you get down hard and uh, far enough in the ground's hard, hard right. and stuff. And uh, my, I guess that would be great great grandmother refused to live in a dugout. So yeah, I don't. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so they lived in tents until they got enough wood to build a one room shanty and mm-hmm. stuff, and which must have been miserable the oh, first yeah. winter. I don't yeah. know how they made it. But have oh. you um, have you watched any of? I think it's called eighteen eighty three. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's, so so, good. it's so good, it's so, so and good. the way they live is so rough. Like mm-hmm. I can't even wrap my mind around it. Like it's just it is, it's rough. So I'm thinking yeah. about your story, and yeah, I, yeah. I mean, people were tough back then. Right oh, yeah. now, we're like, oh, the air conditioner just won't oh, cool I know. the yeah. house down. <laughs> yeah. Our air conditioner went out earlier this summer, and <laughs> I thought we had been sent back to the Stone Ages. Like, I yeah. was I was about <laughs> to get violent. Like, I was choosing violence every day. I was so mad. And uh, it really is such a small inconvenience, you know, compared to how people used to live. Like, and we're, we're just used to it. We drove the Oregon Trail in January. Mm-hmm. Tanya Hecker and I that did oh, cool. go to Oklahoma with mm-hmm. me. We actually she moved to Oregon, and so we actually drove from Oklahoma to Oregon, and we uh-huh. took the Oregon Trail. Oh my And gosh. we were in a car, a yeah. modern car with cushions yeah. and air conditioning and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, when we got to, to Wyoming, I was like, I know why people died on this because mm-hmm. it's freaking horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And we was miserable in a car. Yeah. And in modern times, with all mm-hmm. the creature comforts, I was like, I can't imagine doing this in the woods in a wagon. <laughs> Oh miserable gosh, so it's the most horrible even, drive in the entire world i can't even imagine and i was like yeah that's why yeah it's horrible those oh. people really that made it really made it like they yeah. were amazing they really 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 wanted to yeah get there for sure yeah yeah, yeah. and they they did it they made it work i mm-hmm. mean this guy um made from this sod house and a couple of acres built up thousands of acres like mm-hmm. uh depending on what year you want to look at? It's mm-hmm. between one hundred thousand and one hundred twenty thousand acres. Wow, enormous! Ball. And then they find oil on it, right? Oh. Marlin comes down from Ponca City yeah. and is like, "Yeah, we probably do drill over here. Tons of money pouring in." Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, they just go nuts with. Um, so Colonel Miller passes away in nineteen oh three, and he's got these three sons: uh, Joseph, Zachary, and George Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Joe, the oldest, of course inherits the mantle because that's what you do when you're the oldest and it's 1903 and um so he becomes the chairman officially but basically he's just um he's running and he's really interested in farming like he he um is all about it's kind of a Cain and Abel sort of thing because his younger brother is all about the livestock and stuff mm-hmm. anyway but he's all farming like he's um grown up through this right he's he's ranched all his life and then grew up through the um land run and everything which those first few years uh almost nobody had a crop that mm-hmm. made it because nobody knew what to plant out there, right? It's, it's buffalo territory. It's not meant to grow anything, really, when right, you look right. at it. Uh, and it wasn't until a couple years down the road that they figured out the um, it's the hard red Russian wheat, the winter wheat that we plant to this day. Like The, the stuff oh, wow. we're planting is descendant from crops from mm-hmm. back then. Um, 
so nobody really knew what grew out there and like people were planting cotton and which I mean you know, grow cotton in Arkansas at the same latitudes that's fine and no not in Oklahoma like, yeah. it, it's not even gonna make it to seeding like, it's yeah. terrible stuff uh, which I mean we can grow cotton in Norman I drive by cotton yeah. fields over by the mall mm-hmm. and it just blows my mind because, yeah. um, there's a few cotton yeah. fields up mm-hmm. north like by Manchester Oklahoma mm-hmm. like closer to Kansas mm-hmm. Right, because just that little bit of water is enough to to make it work. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and um, so he's experimenting. He does everything. They they grow all these nut trees, and then figure Mm -hmm. out well pecans grow really well here, so we'll do that. Lime trees they they apparently don't grow so well, which Mm -hmm. you need a lot of a lot of water and probably not so cold winters and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like he experiments with all this different stuff, Um, and builds it up. He. tries these different wheat varieties and stuff mm-hmm. and, and like uh, a lot of the stuff that he develops and registers with the agricultural department like is descended our, our stuff we're using today is built off that research which mm-hmm. is kind of cool because it's just cool. an old farmer like yeah. hanging out and figuring out what works mm-hmm. um, and he also uh, develops it into like cutting edge technology which um, we're talking about old farmers like um some of the most technologically advanced guys out there, right? You yeah. Know, talking about rednecking something and rigging mm-hmm. up these stuff that shouldn't work, but mm-hmm. um, they do. They they build the first electrical plant in the part of the state, and they have electrical lighting all across this place when most people are still running off of gas lights and outhouses and stuff. And they're yeah. running water, and uh, they build this tannery and like state of the art, all this uh, different industries and stuff. So no aspect of the ranch would ever be wasted. They could mm-hmm. keep recycling and all this. So that's the older brother running things. And the next younger brother, Zach, uh, he runs livestock. He's mm-hmm. really into cattle. And uh, like his older brother, some of the stuff, like he does a lot of investment with breeding and gets a lot of different cattle structures and a lot of the research that we're using today. Mm-hmm. So like if you're talking about the ranch ranch part, like he's the guy that you okay. focus in on. But we're going to talk about uh, the 101 Ranch, 101 ranch uh, Wild West show, mm-hmm. which is what everybody remembers it from the youngest brother, George Lee. And... Uh, he initially was just kind of the finances guy. He was basically the accountant. He would pick up because, you know, his youngest brother has got to have to do something. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, from this, though, they figured out that uh, they uh, could do a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, like, because they could find oil and all this. Uh, one newspaper article was talking about the ranch being the most, dif- the greatest diversified farm on earth. Oh, wow. Because right? they're trying all these different things mm-hmm. and seeing what works. And one of the things that, had been working really well for decades was the old um, uh, Wild West show, right? Um, uh, Buffalo Bill Cody and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so Bill Cody's um, getting pretty up there. So they're like, well, why don't we do a Wild West show? So in uh, 1905, they decided we're going to, they go up to Bliss, Oklahoma, a little town. I don't know if it's still technically a town today, but it's right there near Ponca. And get the stadium set up and all this kind of fairgrounds type stuff. And they're going to put on this big show. And very savvy, uh, they pull in um, all the editors. They just open invite to all the editors from the, basically the national newspaper organization mm-hmm. at the time. So they say, come on out, check out this free Wild West show, free for you guys. I mean, everybody yeah. else got to pay tickets yeah. and stuff. And uh, they just come up with all these different things. Like, if you want to try something for a show, like, we're going we're gonna to go for it. And uh, one of the things they do is bring in Bill Pickett, a famous uh, African-American cowboy who invented the sport of bulldogging, uh, which I'm not too big into rodeos myself. I like the ideas of rodeos, but it's so hot out there. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. um, Oh, yeah. 
so and everything happens so fast. Like you blink and it's gone. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's like baseball. Like you're sitting there and sitting there, and then something happens, but you were looking away because nothing <laughs> yeah. was happening. Yep. But bulldogging is something that's absolutely fascinating. So typically, when you want to catch a steer, you mm-hmm. uh, run up with a horse, an equally sized animal, and yeah. you throw a rope over it, and you you know wear it out, and then yeah. you can tie it down and. Uh, get it tied up and stuff. Well, he's his plan is he's just going to grab it by the horns, wrestle its face into the ground, and then uh, you know hold it there until it's tired. Wow. And, yeah, and which you, when you look pictures of him, he's not a big dude. Like he, yeah. he's a pretty scrawny guy, uh, but gutsy, right? Oh wow. So, so that's that's his sport, and he just. Uh, go out there and uh, and I take it he was good at it I, yeah yeah because he didn't die which yeah. is what would happen to me <laughs> that's that's like, the yeah. only yeah yeah so you go out there you'd look the bull straight up you grab him by the horns that's put crazy. his face in the earth and then that um, is crazy I, I guess just animal magnetism like will him to not yeah fight anymore and then you I tie guess. him up and then we're gonna see who can do it fastest Wow. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. As if, as if it's like not dangerous enough to be living back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the rodeo. So, yeah. yeah. But I, I oh mean, my people, gosh. I don't know. Do they still do that? Yes. They do. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. People wow. keep trying to ban it and others are like, nah, we'll yeah. just, we'll just do it. Yeah. So, but oh awesome God. guy. And he started, uh, another thing they decided they wanted to do was a, a, a genuine, uh, buffalo hunt oh okay and so they scrounged up this buffalo this scrawny old thing because i mean you know we used to have herds of millions Mm -hmm. running around and now like literally a couple of thousand left alive right but they managed to find one this guy had on a ranch and so they they of course were just going to kill it Mm -hmm. so fortunately we've bounced back quite a lot yeah from where buffalo had been Mm -hmm. um which is kind of uh, i guess why is uh, we recognize that buffalo are awesome. Right? Mm-hmm. These bison are, are creatures that uh, nowhere else on earth, right? Mm-hmm. It's just just are so ironic that they're just going to kill it, but mm-hmm. they are recognizing that it's important. And this is about the time that people recognize, you know, we should start build, rebuilding right. herds and so mm-hmm. forth. One of the Oklahoma City mayors um, got his herd going up, mm-hmm. which is uh, weird today because you're driving up I-35 and um, it's a restaurant, but that used to be his ranch, and that's where a lot of the buffalo in Oklahoma descended from. Okay. So just this guy. I had no idea. Yeah, kind of a weird weird thing. So, uh, But they decided we're going to do a real buffalo hunt, so we're going to bring in some Native Americans, and Geronimo, right, still in prison down at Fort Sill. So they talk to the warden, and they get permission from the military to get Geronimo out for the day, and they're going to have him come hunt buffalo. Oh, wow. Which looks really good on paper. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, nobody's more famous than Geronimo. Like, yeah. amazing war chief. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. Fantastic guy. Um, but uh, but if you start looking at it, there's immediate problems, which Geronimo brought up first and foremost when they approached him, you know, they, they, uh, talking to him at Fort Sill. And he's like, you, you know, um, we don't hunt buffalo. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we're from the Southwest. We hunt deer and elk. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's what my people live on. And they're like, well, nobody knows that. We didn't know that, so who cares? And Gerardo's like, well, you know, I get out for the day. So, yeah. like, why not? <laughs> uh, but he finally says, okay, I'm going to do it. And, and they pay him a, a really good check. Like, uh, it's kind of interesting when you look at Geronimo's latter days where he's... Um, very skillfully uh, getting paychecks and for interviews and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Like he's a really savvy dude. Mm-hmm. Just war changed, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, he says, I'll do it, but I, I'm going to wear my new hat. And they got really excited. Cause like, Oh man, it must be like this war bonnet. That's super exciting. Yeah. But actually he just bought a silk top hat that he was really proud of. <laughs> and he didn't have anywhere to, that's amazing. To, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. He's like, I'm wearing my so, new hat. That's yeah. my, that's the deal. <laughs> that's right. So, but, 
Yeah, find a final place to wear it. So they, they bring him up to Bliss, Oklahoma, and they rig up what's called the Great Buffalo Hunt. And they put out, mm-hmm. you know, stage props and all this, and they bring the buffalo out there. And then they have this Model T come out, drive up, and <laughs> drop off Geronimo in his silk hat. And he, he walks around and waves at folks, and then he pulls his gun out and kills the buffalo. And that's wow. the end of the show. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So, but that is, I mean, it. It's, that's the romanticized wild rest, right? Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. what really happened. I mean, right. We don't need to talk about the sod houses and working hard mm-hmm. and getting through winters and all that. Yeah. We just want Geronimo <laughs> killing buffalo. Bless you. Right? So sorry. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's that romanticized wild west, just like you said. Yeah, and people loved it. I mean, oh, we yeah. love it to this day. So, mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, we weren't shooting buffalo for no reason anymore. Mm-hmm. But we do see a lot of cool stuff like bulldogging and mm-hmm. uh, Annie Oakley and all this. So, uh, they are doing this show periodically, and then they meet up with Buffalo Bill Cody, who's pretty old by this point, and he's, you know, his uh, kind of like the Barnum and um, Ringling Brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to kind of team up because uh, movies are coming out, mm-hmm. and just there's not so much uh, demand for these big expensive shows. Mm-hmm. But if we take somebody who knows what he's doing and all these guys with fresh ideas, put them together, like we can do some pretty cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So 1916, they put on this big. Uh, show and they bring in all these entertainers, Bill Pickett and stuff. Uh, other famous people you might recognize, like Tom Mix, famous cowboy mm-hmm. actor, was uh, yes. in over 200 films. Mm-hmm. Right, so Oklahoma Zone right there, as well as Will Rogers, right, famous uh, mm-hmm. comedian. By this point, he was still just doing his rope tricks, mm-hmm. and so which is kind of weird today to think that. Oh yeah, you know, yeah that's how he got his start. Was he just do all these fancy rope tricks that he yeah. learned from from ranch hands out there? But uh, eventually, he's going to start. Uh, moving up to Ziegfeld and doing all his jokes and things. Mm-hmm. And that worked out pretty well for him, I think. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, so they go on a North American tour, make tons of money, just mm-hmm. just t- giant piles of it. And they, um, with these big shows, you can swap people in and out. So like, if Will can't come to California, we'll like, okay, well, we'll just bring in Annie Oakley. She's got off for the week mm-hmm. and you know, just all these things. So... Uh, then they pack up and go to Europe, which, of course, is the next logical step. But World War One had just started, oh. <laughs> and it did not go well. Yeah. Uh, so while they were touring in England, uh, the British um, declared national emergency, which uh, under that all um, means of transportation could be seized by the government, which, of course, you know, they need wagons and all this stuff. But they're not going to seize, like, farmer's wagons and things because they need that for the food supply. But entertainers, like, those are free pickings. So yeah. they come through and scoop away every single truck, every single wagon. Oh like, even gosh. the fancy painted coaches that they'd bring out for the big rodeo show, oh, wow. like, like the big parade and stuff. Yeah. Those were all taken. And yeah. so so they have to scrounge together and, like, rent things and stuff. So mm-hmm. so that doesn't work out very well. But they, they keep, the show must go on. So they keep going, uh, make enough money to scrap by and doing stuff. And... Mm-hmm. Um, then they go through uh, England and then France and then up into German through Italy and into Germany, and uh, the German officials show up and they say we're here to capture your spies, and hmm. they're like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. yeah, it's like, well, you came through all these you know Allied territories and stuff, and we've seen these Serbians that you have hiding in, and we're like, we don't even know what Serbians yeah. are. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? And somehow the German officials had gotten mixed up with the Sioux. Mm. So, oh. uh, which, uh, I mean, dark hair, kind of darker complexion. I mean, Serbian folks have kind mm-hmm. of darker hair, darker complexion, and uh, they were insistent that these were Serbian spies. And, like, we have documents and stuff that mm-hmm. they are actual Sioux from North America. Like, you, 
Yeah. And, but they're like, oh, those are all faked. And so, so they rounded them up and arrested them. Oh, my gosh. And no one knows what happened to them. They, oh, wow. Yeah, they were taken off to a par- prisoner of war camp. And, um, wow. I mean, by the time they got back, um, trying to, you know, appeal with the mm-hmm. State Department and all this stuff, um, war was declared in mm-hmm. the United States. So we don't know. Yeah, wow. They, they just. That's dark. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. So they decided to put a pause on the tour. <laughs> yeah. And they, they weren't going to do that for a while. And then after World War One wrapped up, they did get it going again. And, um, they're doing really well. Uh, they they initially uh, big show. People were really excited to get out and see these shows again, uh, but that delay uh, really allowed technology to catch back up. So mm-hmm. now they really had a lot of um, problems with radio and uh, movies and stuff. Like nobody's going to pay a ticket to go sit out in the sun and watch all this radio, uh, watch all this big rodeo stuff. Yeah. When you could just watch the movie in an air conditioned theater right. with mm-hmm. a, a talkie, even right, mm-hmm. nineteen twenty seven. Yeah. Um, so they end up uh, losing like $100,000 every touring season. Wow. So back in like 1927. Yeah. So they're just just bleeding money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can't do it. Obviously they can't. Like the, mm-hmm. it's, but they just want to do it, which is kind of the thing. So season after season, they just lose all this money and just take a hit from the ranch um, just to do it. Like, which is kind of a cool, yeah. cool thing, yeah. yeah. Like, I can I can appreciate that, right? Um, I wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I cannot bleed a hundred thousand dollars in nineteen twenty seven money, but right. but I also don't have this hundred thousand uh, acre ranch out right. in Oklahoma, yeah. which you know, I mean, they were doing a lot of publicity stuff with mm-hmm. it and things, um, but obviously that's close. Great Depression comes on, Dust Bowl, uh, which doesn't quite do all the really bad stuff that far east, mm-hmm. uh, but it's enough that. Uh, the farming can't go on as well and mm-hmm. yeah so finally the the famous 101 wild west show which people you know talking about a century later like it really only ran a couple of seasons wow yeah which is kind of a fun that's thing that's incredible yeah. i had no idea yeah so kind of another bit of um, uh, romanticism about the mm-hmm. wild west right all these big fancy circuses and all this stuff mm-hmm. which really just bled money and mm-hmm. and but everybody had a good time right yeah so that yeah. except except for the people who died yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so that's the story of the, uh, the youngest, the, yeah, the youngest and, and so forth. And then, uh, back on the ranch things, they, they try to keep going, which, mm-hmm. uh, they just get hit with really bad luck one after the other. Uh, the oldest brother, Joe, uh, was out in his garage repairing his car and dies of carbon monoxide poisoning in 1927. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, um. Cars are pretty new, mm-hmm. so but and a lot of people said oh, it was suicide for all these um, mm-hmm. financial problems that the ranch was having and so forth. But uh, anybody who knew him swore it wasn't, mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, but it was just kind of weird that yeah. there wasn't because he kept the door open. Like, like mm-hmm. people, there's all these uh, uh, life insurance interviews and mm-hmm. all this stuff with it, and so it's just kind of a weird happenstance. Yeah. Uh, and two years later, 1929, uh, the youngest brother, George Lee, uh, dies in a car crash as Lincoln uh, slides off the ice on a road out oh, there wow. and um, dies from the crash. And uh, also really weird because like, yeah. he'd been driving for a long time, like, you know, international touring, like, um, it's just very strange. So yeah. people started saying that there, there's a, a curse on the oh, ranch. Wow. And people started believing it because just everything that could go wrong did go wrong just yeah. over and over again. Like they'd have the sell-off parts. And then finally um, in the 19, early 1930s, Great Depression's on and uh, they have this big bankruptcy auction. And the middle brother, Zach's out there with a shotgun 
and saying, you know, stay away, right? This is, this is ours, like, don't, let's, uh, which you go back to the Great Depression and Dust Bowl and things. They used to do these farmer auctions and stuff, and they would have farmers out there with their guns watching folks, and if anybody bid, they're, they're going to follow you home. So, yeah. you know, that's where they'd go, and the bank would put the farm up for auction, and right. the people who own it would bid a dime, and mm-hmm. then if anybody else even moved, their neighbors would all go pounce on them and yeah, stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but... Uh, it did get broken up, and, and um, you can still go out, drive by up on uh, Highway 156. You can see kind of the ruins out there, okay. um, which now is being taken care of by the 101 Ranch Old Timers Association. Okay. So uh, 1968, a bunch of guys who uh, were kids back in the day. They you know saw the 101 Ranch as kids. Uh, a lot of their folks worked there. They worked mm-hmm. there, um, and it was you know pretty much abandoned there for 30 years, which... Um, it was a huge, I mean, it was an industrial complex. They had thousands of people living and working there. Uh, the original sod house had been torn down, and they put up what they called the White House, which was this uh, three-story, big basement um, combination mm-hmm. living space for the family as well as, like, all the business offices and stuff. Mm-hmm. So really what you'd see at ranches, but on this massive scale. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it burned down, and, like... Um, had the rubble been removed? A lot of places got torn down after asbestos was discovered to not be so good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which they were cutting edge, and so they built all their buildings with all this asbestos oh, inside man. of it. Because yeah. back in the 40s, it was great for you, right? Yeah. And then yeah. they found out no. Yeah. So, which is good that we found that out, right? Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of folks uh, didn't do so well from that. I mean, we still got a few buildings and OU campus sealed up because yeah. who knows what's inside all those walls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they, they formed this organization and took control of kind of that, that hub that's still uh, a little bit extant and um, uh, did lots of fundraisers and things and would basically take care of what they had to to keep it running. And um, sometimes we would still go out and do shows there and so forth. Uh, but what really caught my eye was in uh, 2000, they uh, decided they were going to address this uh, curse issue, mm-hmm. right? So people always say, oh, it's cursed, and like, don't mm-hmm. go out there and all this, and uh, which is weird, because, you know, 75 years ago, people were saying yeah. it was cursed, and, like, to this day, people were like, ah, oh, you know, don't don't get 101 Ranch stuff. Right. So, I was trying to see if anybody had any theories on, like, why it was cursed or whatever, because, mm-hmm. um, like, they seem like really nice people, mm-hmm. so I don't know that they made right, fostering yeah. deals or anything, yeah. all that, but, uh, I don't know, I, I like to think that maybe somebody was jealous, and yeah. just, like, just called it down on them. I don't know. Yeah. So I like but, that too. Yeah. Well, well they decided they were going to deal with it. And so, uh, they, uh, got this guy as a Pawnee, um, mm-hmm. chieftain, uh, shaman, um, knows how to do the proper things. And mm-hmm. so, uh, Kenneth Good Eagle came out and, uh, burned cedar in an abalone shell. And, uh, um, and once it was good and going, what released the feather with the prayers and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that was supposed to have released the curse and things. Okay. So. Which, uh, hopefully, I guess. I mean, I haven't heard of anything. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe so. Maybe so. Anyway, that's all the historical part. And then comes the eerie part. Okay. So, it is supposed to be crazy haunted out there. Okay. Lots of folks have had um, paranormal investigation teams going out there. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, as well as just folks who are taking care of it, seeing things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I even interviewed a lady who said she was driving by and heard the stuff going. Really? Like, out from the highway. Oh, wow. Okay. So, which her story was that um, she was driving down the highway, and this was, gosh, probably 
80s or 90s, she said, mm-hmm. and it was, it was enough when you didn't really trust your air conditioner in your car, and yeah. you just roll down the windows as much mm-hmm. as you could. And uh, she was driving by, kind of sunset, and she heard all these drum beats, and she's like, that's really weird. First, she thought it was her car, cause, mm-hmm. like, but she stopped, and she could still hear these drum beats, and they were very clearly like instrumental mm-hmm. drum beats that she'd hear and stuff. And then she heard instruments, and people were singing, and um, just like, somebody's at the ranch, and so she went kind of peeked over there nobody complete just just the sounds of oh, uh, so kind weird. of yeah just this big uh what you'd expect to see at a wild west show mm-hmm. or you know when you're having a big barbecue at the ranch right, right. celebrating yeah. something everybody get out and have a good time and and um man i guess they're still doing it having oh, a good time spooky. out there yeah especially to hear it like all the way from the highway right yeah it wasn't yeah. just like some thing that could right. be you know a, an armadillo rubbing up against the yeah. Side. like yeah, yeah. Like, this is clearly a party like yeah. going on and oh, yeah. you can tell where it's coming from but there's nothing there mm-hmm. so um a couple other spooky stories about it uh they talk about people uh, who go out there night watchmen and stuff will see mm-hmm. these apparitions but people during the day too uh mm-hmm. they'll see people walking around um most often described as wearing uh old cowboy clothes so wow uh, like, okay, which, yeah. you know, cowboy styles haven't really changed that much mm-hmm. over the last century, but they've definitely changed with improvements and you know, mm-hmm. spats and like uh, chaps. And oh, like, yeah. yeah you, you don't wear what people wore 150 exactly, years yeah. ago because it's awful. Yes, yeah. But that's the best they had. Mm-hmm. Um, so today, you know, you go get your cotton blends and mm-hmm. all this and good stuff mm-hmm. at Atwoods. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they'd see these older folk, uh, older people, or people wearing these older style clothes walking mm-hmm. around out there and they blink and they aren't there anymore. Oh, my gosh. So. Uh, and one apparition seen frequently is this uh, lady who's standing outside of the old garage where uh, Joe Miller had passed away. Mm-hmm. And they say that that's his wife. Uh, but oh, she's out wow. there keeping an eye on him. So I like kinda, that. Yeah. That one's sweet. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Uh, and then one of the biggest stories I've heard were the EVPs down in the basement of the old White House. Okay. So, uh, so vivid. Uh, Mike Ricksecker uh, and some other folks have done sessions down there. And he was talking about... Uh, that you can carry on conversations. Really? So if you ask questions, they can answer. Like, oh, wow. You know, and just get information about the ranch That's and cool. what people are doing and how these things. Uh, yeah. But if you ask too much, you know, it starts getting a little antsy with you. And they'll say, you know, uh, people say they've gotten pushed or just kind of mm-hmm. temperature kind of dropped for no reason right. and stuff. So, which, I mean. So don't yeah, wear out your welcome. Yeah, I mean, anybody sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, while they're trying to do something and After keep while, asking all these get, questions. Get tired yeah, of it. Just, yeah. So I could believe that one for sure. Just make folks um, feel welcome, but then don't wear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't wear it out, <laughs> especially with the ghosts. Yeah. So uh, from the Haunted Garfield County episode, we were talking about liminal spaces, mm-hmm. and I think that um, that would definitely be a good place that's oh, a liminal yeah. space, right? Yeah. So, so uh, from this traveling show that mm-hmm. was the Wild West, but it wasn't the Wild It was obviously right, yeah, the Wild yeah. West. Uh, but it was, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like they did, all of that stuff is descended from somewhere. Yeah. And, um, and on top of that, right, you talk about activity, right? There's this latent energy that just keeps sticking around. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be one of the hottest places oh, anywhere yeah. in the state for just I activity so. for such a busy, busy couple of decades before oh, yeah. nothing, just right, just yeah. getting cut off. Yeah. That's it's so it's kind of eerie to think about it being so busy and so big and everything and now like just not yeah like yeah yeah ruins in Oklahoma right yeah. like because we haven't been around that long right, for yeah. major construction projects but Penny has decided she's going to attack the rug 
Come here. You don't need to do that. Yeah. But yeah, that's fascinating. That is, those yeah. are some good stories. So, all up there, right? Just just up the yeah. highway. So, okay. Yeah, get permission. Go check it out. Every once in a while, uh, the old 101 Ranch Old Timers Association uh, will do performances and, and hold fundraisers oh, and cool. things. So, keep yeah. an eye out on their, um, I'll see in their website more often mm-hmm. than their Facebook group. But, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty good times. So people still go do rodeos. All right. Check it out like they used to do 100 years ago. That's cool. All right. Well, thank you for being here again, Jeff. For sure. Um, and if you want to plug your book that's out. Yeah. So I first started doing some research on 101 Ranch out of Haunted Oklahoma. So tales from all over the Sooner State. Awesome. Awesome. And where can people find that? Uh, it's, we've got it at Amazon, Barnes Noble. Uh, go to jeffprovine.com and got links for everything there. All right. Sounds good. Well, I really appreciated having both of you here tonight and recording a couple episodes with you. So um, y'all go follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Yoki, And that's about all I got. Y'all stay spooky. Uh-huh.